One of the most common complaints I hear from women when it comes to taking more time for themselves is that they can't because their partner won't step up and pitch in. And my first question is always, well, have you asked them for help? Have you specifically asked them for what you need? And there are generally two responses to this. The first, oh, I guess I haven't. I was just hoping he would see how stressed I was and that I needed help and he would step in. Or, yes, I have asked, I have yelled, I have pleaded, I have cried, but why should I even have to ask? Why is this the woman's job to keep track of it all? Men need to step up. As you can see, these are two very different responses. The first is, oh, I guess I need to learn how to ask and how to receive. And the second is, yes, I've asked, but the way I'm asking isn't being heard. In today's episode, I'm going to help you navigate both of these scenarios so that you can create a home environment where you feel fully supported by your partner. Why isn't motherhood bringing me as much joy as I thought it would? This is the question I asked myself when my son turned one and I realized that despite having it all, I wasn't happy. After working with hundreds of clients since then, I've discovered that I was not alone in feeling that way. So I've been on a journey working to find the answers to that very question. And along the way, I've uncovered the tangible tools to unlocking who I'm really meant to be by simplifying motherhood and reconnecting to my inner self. Even better, now I'm helping you to do the same. Hi, I'm Heather, your host, happiness coach, and motherhood mentor. I'm a corporate dropout turned entrepreneur, wife, mom of two, and dog mom of two. You are listening to the Happiest Mom Podcast, where we discuss all things motherhood, marriage, and living your happiest life. So go find your lukewarm coffee, stake out your hiding spot in the closet, and let's get started. Before I get into today's episode, did you know that I have five key areas that I walk busy moms like you through that help to dramatically change their lives for the better? And I'm providing this framework to you for free because you are such an amazing human and I know it will help you with the exact steps to take to change your life for the better. So if you want to grab this for yourself and begin your journey to a more grounded and centered life, head to the links in the show notes to download your free guide, The Five Steps to Creating Your Happiest Life. I'm so glad that you're here with me for today's episode because this has got to be the number one complaint that I hear amongst moms, and it tends to really rile women up when we talk about it because it's extremely emotionally charged. And uh, like I said, the number one complaint that I hear is that there's too much to do in the day and I have no help or support. Like my partner isn't supporting me. I don't have family nearby. I feel like I just am doing it all by myself and I'm so overwhelmed. Okay, so why is this the case? I've found in my conversations with women that it's a couple of 
different things. The first is our ability to receive and ask for help. And this was response number one in the intro, like our ability to even let someone know that we need help. Somewhere along the way, as women, as a collective, as a society, we've become hyper-independent. And our worth has been placed on whether we are able to function and survive completely independently from other women and support. And we've decided as a collective that asking for help somehow makes us weak or means that we're not a good enough wife, mom, housekeeper, etc. When in reality, we were never meant to do this all alone, ever. If you go back and look at older societies and communities, the women rally around one another. They lean on one another and support one another. And none of them are doing it all alone. This is a modern motherhood myth, and I'm just going to go and bust it right now because it's so toxic and so damaging. One really beautiful example of this was told to me by one of my past therapists that I was seeing. We were talking about this specifically about how women are not supported in modern culture, and she explained to me a story about how she was visiting a friend who lived on tribal land. And while she was on the reservation with her friend, she saw a very specific building and she asked her friend what that building was for. And her friend said, Oh, you know, that's where women go when they're menstruating. And my therapist's reaction was one of shock and disgust. Like, wait a second. You mean that they banish women to this building just because they're menstruating? To which her friend replied, oh, no, 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 no. The older women who have already gone through menopause tend to and care for the women who are on their cycle in this building. So when you're on your period, you go to this building and these elder women from the tribe bring you beverages, water, they uh, bring you food, they make baths for you. You're just allowed to rest and be pampered until your period is over. And my therapist was shocked. And honestly, I was too. Like, what? This sounds amazing. Because our modern society doesn't take care of our women this way, right? How many of you can say you've been fortunate enough to be able to go to a specific place every month to be cared for while you're on your period? No, we're told like, hide it. And go about your day and don't let anybody know that it's happening because it's shameful. And this is what I mean. We are not taught to receive and ask for help. We're often taught that it's a sign of weakness. So the best thing you can do for yourself if you struggle to ask is to just ask. Because more often than not, we are so much more supported than we realize. But we need to let people know what it is that we need. Our partners aren't mind readers, despite how amazing that would be. And if we're the ones who've always taken care of everything, they may not know how exactly to help or what we need from them, right? A lot of times they don't even understand all of the things that we are carrying around in our brain. And while we can make whatever argument we want to make about like they should know or women shouldn't be carrying this whole mental load, that's not the case right now, right? So we can sit there and complain about it or we can bring our partners into the conversation and have them start helping. 
have them start seeing all of the things that we do so that they can begin to support us. The second reason why we feel unsupported is the expectations and boundaries that we've set up in the relationship from the very beginning. I know that in my first marriage, it was very much like the one I described in the intro, right? Like I did all the cooking, the dishes, the bedtime routine, the cleaning. I worked full time. Meanwhile, outside of his work and educational endeavors, he mostly just sat around playing video games. Why? Because I didn't ask for help. Nor did I reset expectations of our roles in the relationship once we had a baby. Instead, I dove headfirst into doing it all, and the roles stayed that way until we split up. And yes, I could say it's his fault because he should want to help and blah, 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 right? But I can't change him, right? It's not our responsibility to change our partner, I can only change myself and my actions, and I never enforced stronger boundaries around him supporting me and the home in a larger way. And that's on me, and I had to own that, right? So to continue with that example, I knew when I was dating and looking for my next partner, I knew that I was looking for a husband and a father. I never just dated for fun after my divorce. Because I knew I was looking for somebody that could be a stepfather for my daughter, and I knew I wanted more kids. So I was not beating around the bush or playing any of those silly dating games. I was very direct in what I needed, wanted, and expected. And if the person that I was talking to was scared off by that, like, cool, peace out, right? I also knew that I needed to make this very particular point about their participation and their role in the household, I knew I needed to make that very clear from the get-go. I was not going to be a one-woman show anymore if I had a partner living in the home with me. And I had expectations around how my partner would participate and contribute to the home and family life if it was going to be a relationship that lasted. Because I was not going back to the way I lived prior to that, right? So when I met my husband, I laid it out for him very clearly in the beginning of our relationship that I expected him to ask me on dates, to plan the dates, to execute the dates, because I wanted to know that he was capable of that. I wanted to know that he was capable of like choosing a restaurant and telling me when I needed to be there and like organizing it, right? And I wanted to know that we could take a vacation in the future and I wouldn't have to plan the entire thing by myself. I wanted to be taken care of and have him show me that he was capable of taking care of me. And obviously he was, or we wouldn't be married today. But my point in sharing that story is that I set those expectations from the very beginning. Because I'd already had a relationship that failed that had been, you know, that other dynamic I laid out in the beginning. And I knew I didn't want that again. But if this is not your situation where you're dating again, that's okay. It just means that you need to realign with your partner. And it's honestly something I feel like we as married people should be consistently doing throughout our relationship anyway, because all relationships go through seasons, go through changes, whether it's a job status, having more children, navigating differences in work schedules, or moving to a new home with different responsibilities. 
maybe it's being closer or further away from family and everything that comes along with that. So I feel like these check-ins should be happening all the time throughout a relationship. But if you've never had them and everything's just always kind of fallen on you, then it's a bigger conversation. And that may sound daunting, but it's okay. Like we'll get through it, right? I'm going to guide you through it in this episode. So I know there have been times when we talk about like, why don't they just step in? Why don't they just participate? I know there have been times when my partner has been on a cleaning frenzy and his energy is so big that I kind of hide out because I don't know where to step in that I can actually help without getting in the way. And I know I've heard many partners express similar sentiments that when their wives are overwhelmed and rushing around doing all the things that they feel kind of like, oh, I don't know how to help. I don't know where to step in that I'm not going to be in the way or cause them more frustration. And this is why it's important to set those expectations up front, because in the middle of this type of energy, that stressed out, frantic, get it all done right this second energy It's not a good time to have those conversations. We are not our best selves in those moments. So that said, if you're having the realization listening to this that it's been a significant amount of time since you've felt supported, it might feel like an abrupt shift for your partner. So I recommend that you sit with yourself first and decide with yourself, what do you need from your partner? What would be most helpful to you that you can give them full autonomy over? What can they own as part of their role in this relationship and this family? And I want you to do this part by yourself because I don't want their input clouding your intuition and your feelings and what would really help you feel more supported, right? So start thinking about like, what do I feel resentful of right now? What do I really hate doing? What causes me the most stress? What would really offload a lot of time on my plate that would be really beneficial? Okay, what does that look like? And it looks different for everybody. So I'm not giving examples because I want you to really dive into this on your own. And then approach them with the idea to sit down and talk about the household load. Find time when you can really dig into this for a while with them. And talk with them in an open and non-confrontational way. So if it helps you to bring notes with you so you can remember your points or what your suggestions would be for things that would change, do it, right? Maybe even make a list of all the household duties you're currently responsible for so they can see just how much you're actually carrying because your partner might not see it, right? And I know that that feels awful to us when we've been carrying these things, but they really might not see it. So here's an example of how you might start this conversation. You know, give your partner's name and say something along the lines of, you know, I want you to know that I really love you and I really love our life together and I appreciate everything that you do for our family. I'm so happy with what we've created together. And I've also been doing some thinking and I think I've created a situation for myself that I need your help with. I was really hoping that you'd be willing to hear me out and help me with a plan for how we can shift things because I'm really having a hard time right now, right? And you see that that doesn't put any blame on him. 
right? So you're starting the conversation in a very open way. He's not going to get defensive about that, right? Like you just complimented your life and how he supports the family and, and everything you've created together, but you're letting him know you need some help. And then you'd continue with, you know, I'm finding that I'm really overwhelmed because I've struggled with asking for your help. Again, you're not putting blame on him. You're saying, Hey, I'm owning it. I haven't been asking for help. And then I know you would love to help and step in, but I haven't been great about asking and I'm sure it feels overwhelming for you not knowing what would best help me. So I took some time. I did some thinking on this because I wasn't even sure what would help me. And here are some things that would really, really help me to feel more supported and loved and would reduce my stress a lot. Okay. And then start talking through the list. Because here's the reality. We cannot change our partners. We can't change them. It's not our job to change them. But we can change our approach to how we speak to them. And when we speak to them in that open, loving way, without blame, without accusations, without frustration and anger, they can then hear us and receive what we are saying. Because what I find more often than not is that our partners want to support us, but they don't always know what will support us, right? Like what's actually going to help. So we have to ask, we have to have that conversation and we have to communicate it in an effective way that they can actually receive. And my clients actually tell me that this is like one of their favorite things about our conversations is like give them suggestions for how to have these hard conversations because it is uncomfortable to ask for help. But if we're just in those anxious moments, stressed out and frustrated, and we're ranting and yelling and nagging, it's not going to be received well. So we need to have this conversation in a time when we are feeling calm, when we are feeling like we can actually communicate it clearly in a way that they can receive with love and appreciation and a sincere desire for their help. So you might find that because you've always just done it all, your partner actually needs a little bit of your support. So once you come up with how they can support you, they might need a little bit of your guidance at first while they're learning like, wait, how do you actually do this? How, where do we put this away? You know, where's the extra dish soap, whatever it might be. And I want you to be open to that because your brain's going to tell you that it would just be easier for you to do it rather than show them what needs to be done. However, if you take over and just do it all, again, you're right back to where you started. I want you to start thinking about yourself as a teacher instead of a doer in those moments, right? You're helping teach and guide him so that he can take it over in the future and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Even if it's not done exactly as how you would do it, that's okay too because it still got done, right? And the world is not going to end. The sky is not going to fall. For example, my husband and I load the dishwasher very differently, very differently. (laughs) What we want is for your partner to be empowered and confident in your belief in them. Because when they feel empowered and confident in your belief in them, they're going to be more likely to keep doing it. It never feels good to have someone swoop back in and correct your work or have someone hovering over your shoulder as you do things. Like, how would that make you feel if you were in their shoes and someone was hovering over you or correcting things, like going behind you and redoing things as you do that? Like, that feels terrible, right? But what's amazing about this is as your partner gets used to taking on more of the household responsibilities and you're able to release more 
it starts to become second nature for how your household runs. And that's a really incredible feeling for all of you because not only do you get the support you need and your partner now feels empowered, like they're a participating member in the household, your children get to witness their dad being a participating member of the household. And then that sets them up for a more balanced and supportive relationship in the future, right? Our sons are going to be better partners for their partners and our daughters are going to be better at asking for and receiving help. And ultimately, it's going to shift your relationship with your partner from more of like a mother-child dynamic to a true partnership, which is what you really want anyway. You don't want to feel like you're taking care of him like he's one of your third children, which I hear women joke about all the time. That's not a good thing. That's not a funny joke, right? Our partner needs to really be our partner. So I've also had women tell me that their partner never, ever contributes no matter what they do or say, no matter the approach they take, the way they ask, et cetera. And so if this is you and you've tried these types of approaches and your partner just refuses to participate and help, I think it's a really important to evaluate the relationship. That's where it's time to say, is this dynamic working for me? Is this a partner that I want to stay with because they're not hearing me and they're not willing to to support me, which is really what a partner should be? Is this good for your mental health and the example you're setting for your children? Is this how you want to live? Some women are fine with it. Some women are like, cool, I'm okay with this relationship dynamic. Some women are not. And that's a really hard reality to get to but it's one that we have to examine if we're really going to get to the root of like, how do we create a life we're really truly happy in? So I know that's a little bit of a downer way to end the episode, but I encourage you to look at that if that's the dynamic you find yourself in. I'm curious to hear from you if you implement these techniques and have this conversation with your partner. How did it go? Send me an email, message me on Facebook or Instagram. I cannot wait to hear how your life changes when you learn to start truly asking and receiving the help you need. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Happiest Mom Podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here. If you'd like more information about how to begin building your happiest life, head to the show notes for the link to download my free guide to the five steps to creating your happiest life. And if you enjoyed this show, make sure to subscribe, give a five-star rating, and leave a positive review. Until next time, friends.